Big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Erica Chan, head of strategy, brand, and insights at Alibaba.com. She talks about the importance of understanding customers, everything from who you are talking to, to the customer's needs. Vincent shows off his custom jacket, and AJ has natural good looks. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista, calling in from my new digs. Same office floor, new office space. I needed, my shoulders were so large, I needed to stretch out a little bit. That's not true. AJ will probably say my head is too big that I couldn't fit in there, but I'll wait till we talk to him. But it's so good to see everyone and hear everyone. See everyone, I can't really see you, but see everyone at the conferences recently. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize we had so many fans, AJ. I appreciate people coming up to us and saying, I love the podcast, I listen to it when I work out or I sleep. Well, don't say that to me, that's not fun, but it's been great and it's great that people are listening just let's pause a second. Who is Starista? That's the only time we talk about Starista. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business data, our own consumer data. We help companies utilize that data to get new customers. Who doesn't want new customers? Through uh, email marketing, our own DSP adster, we could send to display connected TV. Email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am in our abilities. The other thing I'm confident in is this jacket I have on and our co-host, ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of Starista, fresh off of his New York City trip, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Nice jacket. So, Thank you. Yeah, I don't really need a jacket because I'm naturally beautiful. Uh, Yeah, I need all the help I can get. I have seven lights on me right now. Uh, the, my skincare routine is ridiculous, but hey, you know, I'll be 44 in a month or two. I have to uh, maintain. You're just, you know, you don't even need a light. You're naturally lit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not 40 yet, so it's... Uh... Nope, you're not. You're not even 39 yet, I don't think. You just uh, had a birthday. 38, ladies and gentlemen, I just revealed his age. Oh, no. I, right? I try to go by... 29, 29. I'm perpetually oh, 29. You're one of those. You're, you're one of those, huh? But it is good to see you. I You spent some time in New York. Now you're back. But we might be getting together again soon, right? We may replicate what we did in New York City, which is a nice little intimate event with our current clients, podcast guests. We also had some... Um, new potential clients there, and we might mimic that in San Francisco. Is that true? That is true. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to do another event. Um, hopefully COVID doesn't get in the way, but that is going to be our goal for July. 
that will be uh, that will be great. Hopefully, people listening, if you want to attend, let me know. Now we can't let everybody in. We have a lot of listeners, but let me know if you are in the San Francisco area and this episode comes out on time. I guess I just put pressure on our producers to get this out on time. That's right. Yep, I did it. I did it. And yeah, thanks for noticing my jacket. Shout out to uh, Custom Men here in New York. Go see my friend VJ. Uh, He will take care of you. I have these ridiculously large shoulders. And like I said in a previous episode, this teeny tiny little waist. I'm kidding. I'm shaped like a rectangle. I have a weird (laughs) I have a weird body type. So you have to get custom. So shout out to custom men. But that is awesome. AJ, let me tell you something about New York, right? You know, I love New York. And I particularly love when we get fellow New Yorkers on the podcast. I said it. I'm sorry for all those other people who've been on the podcast. I'm sorry because I get the chance of potentially meeting you in person rather easily because you're also here in New York. And she is no exception, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited for you to hear what she has to say. I'm also excited for you to hear about this company, Alibaba.com. You've heard of it before, but we're going to get really deep into alibaba.com as well as talking to our next guest please a very warm welcome head of strategy brand and insights at alibaba.com erica chan what's going on erica hi vincent hi aj thank you so much for having me we're happy to have you there i are you know we you and i hit it off as soon as we met i feel that way but then again i always feel that way with people and aj's like i don't think that person actually liked you and i'm like what who says that but you're a New Yorker. And I noticed that when I first talked to you, I noticed your background, it's Hudson Yards, and it's, it's great. We're gonna meet in person, hopefully soon. Yes. And, and, and just a podcast episode part two, maybe. We're not gonna record it, we're just gonna have fun. But Erica, it's so great to see you. Thanks for joining myself, AJ, and the Marketing Stir community. I'd love to get right into it off the bat. Tell us a little bit, I love your role, by the way, because it touches upon many things that we want to hear about here at The Marketing Stir. Tell us a little bit about your role, as well as Alibaba.com, because a lot of people are familiar with Alibaba, but I'd love to learn more from you about that particular .com uh, piece of it. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love it. Thank you for the opportunity, and nice to meet everyone sort of audially over the (laughs) the ether. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about Alibaba.com. So Alibaba.com is actually one of the many business units within Alibaba Group. Um, And we are the global business to business e-commerce marketplace platform within Alibaba Group. It was actually the original business uh, that was founded by Jack Ma back in 1999. And when Jack Ma founded the company, he had a very simple mission that we continue to have today, which is how can we make it easy for the world's small and medium-sized businesses to do business with one another? And so with that, he basically founded an online uh, platform that was essentially a, a listing directory where manufacturers, wholesalers, and distributors would list their contact information, their production capabilities, and that would be the destination where global business buyers, and we're talking about small businesses from all corners of the world, these are retailers, wholesalers, manufacturers, or just businesses that need everything from component parts, 
um, OEM and ODM capabilities um, or just needing to buy a lot of things in order to operate their business. And that was the business uh, that Jack Ma founded back in 1999 over time. Um, we have evolved our business and our platform to make sure that we stay relevant and valuable to the small businesses from around the world today. Um, and so today we have sort of evolved to become an end-to-end -end marketplace platform. What that means is in addition to just buyers and sellers being able to meet and find each other's contact information, they can now use the platform to communicate with one another, to place those orders, to transact with one another, and to also access a variety of services that are needed for that trade to happen, whether it's access to inspections and monitoring services or access to shipping and logistics and whatnot. Um, and I think what we're here to do, and especially in North America, is to help small businesses, um, those that participate in the global sort of B2B trade ecosystem to help them digitize, help them operate more efficiently, and then more importantly, help them globalize and tap into the vastness of the world supply and demand. So within that, um, I'm part of our US operations. We are a small but mighty team, and I lead our brand strategy, our customer experience, and our insights team. And what that really means is um, our team are, are sort of on the front line and our job is to listen to our customers, really understand what makes them tick, what are their key challenges when it comes to operating and growing their business. And then from there, how do we design products and services? How do we design our business roadmap and strategy in order to continue to meet those needs? But then in addition to that, it's how do we go to market? How do we actually help these businesses understand what it takes to really uh, tap into the what uh, we keep quoting as the almost $24 trillion global B2B e-commerce opportunity, right? And so that involves a lot of content and education and advocacy work as well to help small businesses in the U.S. understand the opportunity that awaits them. I love that. And thank you for that, that background, Erica. Let's take it back a little bit. We love asking this question because it's one of our popular ones here at the Marketing Stir. How do you get into this business in the first place? How'd you get into marketing? Yeah, I think I got into marketing because I'm just curious about sort of people and behavior and how you make um, behavioral change happen. My first job at marketing was after I graduated from, from graduate school uh, in urban planning, actually. And I moved to Southeast Asia, where I uh, was helping launch and scale a social marketing program. And this was back, this was, I won't date myself, but this was many years ago. And social marketing actually took on a very different meaning than social marketing today. Um, and what we did was really uh, trying to apply commercial traditional marketing techniques to get communities uh, and, and people to adopt uh, healthy and socially responsible behavior. So that was part of a big effort to help reduce HIV AIDS and improve maternal and child health uh, in that part of the world. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. We had to be very creative, um, just given the, the market context uh, and, and the materials we were working with. But um, 
I started off helping people understand how to make better choices uh, and act smarter and more responsibly for the good of public health. Okay, let's dive into the marketing aspect of things since we're on the marketing store. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what are some of the channels and strategies that you're using for your marketing and what's working and what's not? Yeah, I'd love to. So I think with everything we do here at Alibaba.com, including marketing, right, is it's customer first. And so everything really starts from really understanding the customer, like who are we talking to, um, what are their needs. And so for us, it's really understanding small and medium-sized businesses, um, understanding what makes them tick when it comes to operating their business, what are their pain points, uh, when, especially when it comes to selling and also sourcing, uh, because that's the, the part of the value chain that, that we play in. And so from there, it's figuring out like what can be relevant and useful to them and where and how do we meet them where they are. So on that point, um, to your channel question, right, it's really a combination of online and offline channels is trying to meet our customers where they are. Um, and that includes social and digital media, uh, which we can't live without these days, but also a fair uh, amount of offline activities and work. Uh, a lot of our customers still go to trade shows and conferences are back as, as Vincent and you talked about earlier. Um, and so we, we try to sort of meet our customers in person as well, uh, where possible. I think what's working um, is really in our communications and in our marketing materials, sharing and showcasing our customers. Um, at the end of the day, we are part of this small and medium-sized business community, both in the U.S. and globally. And I think business owners, entrepreneurs um, get very inspired by their peers. And so I think our best content is really content that showcases um, the journeys, the success, the the uh, case studies of, of our customers and sort of their, their stories, um, because those things tend to resonate. I think things that tend to not resonate is when we try to heart sell um, something. I think for, for us and for any marketer, right, to be successful is really understanding, again, like what are those things that, that resonate um, with our audiences? And for us, very often is being able to see having our customers be able to see themselves in the marketing materials and in the content that we create and deliver. And in particular, since small business is a key demographic for you, uh, what do you do to make the platform more accessible and relevant to them? Yeah, it's a, it's a constant journey, I would say, right? Um, the world is constantly changing. So our small businesses and, and the environments in which they operate. And so because of that, like Alibaba.com, we're continuing learning and evolving to meet those needs. So as I mentioned, when, when Alibaba.com was first founded in 1999, it was essentially an online yellow pages. It was a, it was a digital phone book. And that was how the business was uh, for the first almost 20 years. But then we realized, right, just having a phone book did not necessarily meet the changing needs and expectations of small businesses in the, in the 21st century. And so our company, we 
started uh, transforming ourselves back in around 2017. And it really started with like, what else do these small businesses need, right? What else do you need apart from just finding the contact information of a supplier who could potentially make what you, you need them to make? And we also saw that like digitization is it's more than just having a website. And so we really mapped out the entire customer journey and that that trade journey and trying to figure out what we could do to digitize every step of that journey. So as I mentioned, right, sort of having that listing is, is step one, but from there, like what are communication tools that you need to build in to help businesses from very different parts of the world communicate easily with one another? What are other things that we need to happen to make sure the transaction happens? And very often, for a transaction to happen is not just having the mechanism of, of payment, but it's also how do you build in that trust so that a, a, a seller knows that they will receive the money for the order for the goods that they're shipping out? And how can we make sure that the buyers feel secure and at peace when they are making orders that are in the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars? Again, because we're B2B, right? Our average order value is in the thousands of dollars. And we're talking about pallets and containers full of stuff. And so these decisions are, are big and major. And so being able to make sure that we have those um, gates to, to maintain trust along the way has been super important. Um, and so, yeah, our transformation that started in 2017 really looked at that entire customer and transaction journey thinking through what are all the services and features that we need to add to the platform in order to address sort of specific pain points. Trust is a big pain point. Having access to things like shipping and logistics, again, is another pain point. Um, and then just from there, right, figuring out what are other touch points that our customers um, use and frequent. And then from there, who are like the key partners we should be uh, partnering with in order to deliver sort of greater value and a better customer experience for our shared customer base. We've also seen, for example, right, that in, in the past couple of years, things change really fast. Um, and in addition to launching more features and, and functionality on our own platform, we launched uh, the Alibaba.com grants program last year, for example, seeing that access to capital and cash flow um, was a, a more important uh, need than ever uh, with what has happened in the past two years and with all the disruptions. And so in December of last year, we launched that program where we awarded uh, $50,000 cash grants uh, to US-based businesses who demonstrated sort of innovative product or go-to-market ideas. Um, and we continue to, to follow those uh, recipients and, and other applicants um, to, to follow their journey. And then in concert with a grants program, we also realize sometimes you can't just give people money and assume that they will succeed, right? And we had alongside the grants program, also a digitization curriculum to really help small businesses understand, again, in this day and age, how can they best leverage technology uh, to digitize their business so that they can really go further in, in many sense of the word. Um, how can they make their money go further? How can they reach suppliers and sellers uh, from both near and far? And how can they 
sort of continue to innovate and grow their business during these very challenging times. And, and uh, I want to, I'm going to talk about digital transformation in a moment, Erica, but let, let's stay on those challenging times, right? We're hopefully, you know, getting out of it, but I just want to understand how the pandemic affected business operations for you. I think the pandemic has affected business operations for, for everyone. Um, I think what's very interesting for us, at least, right, we're in the business of helping companies digitize. Uh, I think Jack Ma had a famous saying that Alibaba is not an e-commerce company. We're the company to help build and support the growth of other big e-commerce companies. And so I think what the pandemic has shown us is that digitization uh, is no, no longer just something that's good to have, um, it's actually critical. And so it has actually accelerated uh, the adoption of digital tools and of platforms. And so we have been very excited to be part of that uh, and to help small businesses pivot um, and digitize. We actually um, run an annual survey here at, at Alibaba.com in the US uh, on an, an annual survey where we sort of look at a B2B sort of SMB. So these are both buyers and sellers uh, in the B2B space to understand both their sentiments, but like their levels of digitization and also globalization. Uh, and what we found right in, in the latest wave, which was in December of 2021, let me just make sure I have the numbers right. Um, we saw that about two thirds, so 60 plus percent of businesses that were either selling or sourcing using digital platforms uh, and tools actually saw increases in sales in 2021 um, compared to just uh, about a third of those who were not online. So being online actually helped a lot of these businesses weather um, the disruptions. We also saw that digitized businesses were more likely than their non-digitized counterparts to make more investments in 2022. And these in investments include hiring full-time employees and then also on their own uh, capex investments. And then we also, what's, what's super interesting, right, is that digitization, it's also a gateway to globalization. We saw that digitized businesses, about 40% of them, uh, were expecting to increase uh, their volumes of exports in 2022 uh, versus just about 13 of them, uh, of, of those who were offline. And so we're seeing that the more digitized you are, the more likely you are as a US-based business uh, to be exporting. So these are all very encouraging um, survey findings. And so for us, it's, if this is like what's happening, like how can we better position and better design, again, our product and service roadmap to support small businesses on this journey. For us, from a marketing perspective, though, we also needed to pivot, right? Um, as I mentioned, we, we did a lot of trade shows and in-person events pre-pandemic. And with the pandemic and things shutting down overnight, we also had to rethink our marketing strategies and, and our channels and touch points. Um, and so that included everything from how do we do more online, whether it's us hosting online trade shows and bringing or digitizing some of those like in-person uh, 
exchanges online. That was a big thing uh, back in 2020. And we're also continuing to explore other channels, for example, like audio podcast was the thing that we sort of experimented with. And this is an example of how we're, we're <laughs> trying new, new channels. Well, we appreciate you. We're glad you're trying new channels with that. And Erica, I, I love that, you know, you took words right out of my mouth. One of the questions I was going to ask is some of the benefits of a company going through digital transformation and, and especially small businesses. I think you saw in the last few years that people needed to change, you know, especially if I, they still want to stay in business. They need some type of online presence. You're not going to, oh, no, I'll be fine. People, word of mouth, they're going to walk by my, my restaurant. No, they're not. No not one's last, walking. Yeah, no one's walking. Not in the last few years. So you touched upon some of the benefits, but, you know, how does a business understand whether the digital transformation is working at their organization? Um, to me, it's, it's like it should, it should be working if, it just becomes like integrated right into part of your operations. Like to me, I always say like e like the, the distinction between e-commerce and, and commerce like should not exist. Like e-commerce should just be commerce. Like, cause it's, it's just part of how the world works um, these days. And so to me is, it's just when it's fully integrated, you don't even like think of it as a separate thing. Erica, so tell us a little bit about what your competitive landscape looks like. Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. And, and I wish I had like a very succinct answer, but actually it's a, it's a bit more nuanced than that, right? Because we are a B2B marketplace, um, we actually serve two different um, audiences. And we serve them in different ways, but like one key audience that we serve, right, are our buyers. And as I mentioned, our focus is on small and medium-sized businesses. And so the buyers that come to our platform, and we have over 40 million active buyers globally that come to Alibaba.com every year to source. These buyers are retailers, brands, wholesalers, and distributors, manufacturers, and, and businesses that need everything from or component parts to packaging to like the actual goods that they are reselling to you know someone a factory who can make you your your own invention and your own product and so with with those uh buyers um we're really competing with sort of their historical traditional ways of sourcing and doing business whether that is through um, a sourcing agent or whether it's through like physically going to visit factories and finding those suppliers on the ground. For our sellers, again, our focus is on the smaller sellers, um, companies with fewer than, than 500 employees typically. For the sellers, these are again, manufacturers, wholesalers and distributors um, from around the world. What we offer them is a way to reach more customers. And so by digitizing their storefront, by having a way to sort of digitally uh, market to and nurture their buyer relationships, we're hoping that they can sell more and sell further. And so for our sellers, the alternatives are really having a sales team or getting lists to cold call folks 
attending and exhibiting at trade shows um, and what have you. And so I think what we always say is that we don't really have a direct competitor, but it's more like the analog and more traditional ways um, of how B2B trade is being done. As part of our transformation in the past few years, we're also adding right a layer of value-added services uh, to the platform. So as I mentioned, things like access to shipping and logistics, building in um, tools that help customers with product research, for example, um, building in access to uh, cash flow uh, support. Uh, and so the way we do that, actually, it's not, we don't see us as sort of competing with existing solutions and players out there. Our approach is very much, we want to build an ecosystem and we want to partner with already best in class providers in those spaces and see how we can collaborate, integrate uh, with them in order to create the best product, the best value proposition and the best customer experience. So. One example, right, is when I say now on Alibaba.com, you can access shipping and logistics services. We don't actually provide the shipping and logistics services. How we do it is we partner with um, a company called Fredos to offer the, what we call Alibaba.com Freight. And Alibaba.com Freight is integrated into your Alibaba.com journey. But what Alibaba.com Freight allows you to do is essentially a, it's, think of it as like the kayak experience uh, or the Expedia experience, but for booking international freight uh, shipments. And so through our collaboration and partnership with Fredos, we're able to offer our collective shared customer base sort of this best-in-class access to booking um, shipping arrangements uh, anytime, anywhere. Erica? You're, you seem very passionate about the work you do in Alibaba as well. It just shines through the podcast. So I'd love to know what your favorite part of your job is. Um, that's a, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, I think the best part about my job is just like having interesting, challenging, gnarly problems to solve on a, on a daily basis. I think, right, the, the task or the, the remit of transforming and globalizing a company as sort of big and well-known as Alibaba.com, it's, it's quite daunting, um, but it's also, it's also very fun, right? Um, and I think the, the best part is really sort of remembering like who we're doing it for and we're doing it for the small and medium-sized businesses uh, from around the world and so really getting to know these businesses and understanding um, again how they operate like what could really help and unlock value for them um, has been I don't know it's it's like it's it's a very humbling experience uh, but it's also super fun and I think that's what keeps me but also everyone around the office going. I, I love hearing that. And I think, you know, the small to medium-sized businesses are such important pieces of our world. I really do feel that way. Let's, I wanted to talk about a little bit more about on the marketing side without revealing too much, Erica, halfway through the year, what, 
Talk to us about some of your marketing goals, some objectives for the year. Talk to us how, about you know, yeah. what, what some of the tactics you're using without giving that secret sauce away. And my listeners are like, no, 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 give that secret sauce away. I'm like, no, no, no. But, uh, but let, I'd love to hear more about that. I wish there was a secret I know, right? <laughs> I'm all ears. I think, I think the challenge uh, and also the goal, right, has, it's, it's pretty consistent. It's how do we sort of do more with less <laughs> and how do we continually work smarter, right, and, and sort of improve that ROI. Um, I think what is interesting is, or maybe it's, it's commonly known as working at a big organization doesn't necessarily mean bigger budgets very often, but what it does mean is it means more voices, more stakeholders, and more opinions and points of views. Um, and then sometimes that can lead to somewhat disjointed outcomes. Um, and, and at the end of the day, a disjointed customer experience. And so for me um, and for us, right, a big goal this year is not just how do we work smarter and get more out more greater ROI out of our marketing dollars, but it's also how do we do better internally to rally all the different stakeholders to make sure we're coordinated in our different efforts um, so that we're actually creating a more consistent um, customer experience because I think consistency is very key um, when it comes to marketing. And I think if you, in a world of, limited uh, dollars and resources, your best bet is to be consistent uh, in, mm -hmm. in what you're saying. Yeah, no, I agree. I like to work smarter. I, I always say, you didn't say this, but I always say this to my CEO on, uh, on the line here. I'm like, work smarter, not harder. That's my methodology. That's yep. what I do. But so Erica, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, you, you shared a lot of different things that make you successful in Alibaba.com successful. Share another one with me, a, a pro, you know, productivity hack that you've used in the past, anything out there. This is a new question for us because, and it's a question of someone who asked me at a conference recently, they're like, hey, let's start asking your guests this. I was like, oh, okay, sir, you're a listener. I, I you know, let's put it in there. So I'd love to understand, you know, what you could, uh, advice you can give out there to our audience. Yeah, and I think, I think there's this obsession with productivity, frankly, in, in our society. And I think one thing that might be counterintuitive, right? I, I personally think to be very productive, you actually need to have downtime and have like breathing room. It's like some, like being productive doesn't mean you're like working a lot. Sometimes it just means you need to like take a break and stop in order to be productive. Um, but having said that, I, I actually, I live by my calendar and I color code my calendar. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> could, like, constitutes a hack, but I actually like put everything on the calendar and I, and I color code it um, according to like whether I'm spending time on sort of like HR and personnel matters, like team development matters or like by project area and what have you. But I also put down time and it's its own color. Um, so time for myself and like time to breathe and time to like take a break or like, learn about something else that's actually not directly related to work because I do think having those breathing spaces, um, it's helpful for, for, for your own health, for sort of having a fresh mind um, and for productivity. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I tried uh, this one time, uh, we tried this exercise where I was gonna just like 
chill and meditate for like 10 minutes. I'm, I'm never really meditated. It's hard. It was even hard just to do that. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone would describe me as like a chill person. I'm pretty much like, ah, all the time. But yeah, I, I think it's, that's, yeah, that, no, that's a hack color coding. That's definitely a hack. That's some good advice. Yeah. Over to you, AJ. The last one for me, it's one of our staple questions, Erica. So I'm sure you get a lot of LinkedIn messages with your role and title. So would love to know what's a message that gets a response from you and what's one that really annoys you? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I love LinkedIn as a, as a platform actually. Um, and I think what I'm always impressed by is actually like, especially like college students, um, folks who are sort of earlier on in their journey who cold outreach um, and to me, it like, it takes a lot of maturity and also like courage to just cold outreach to someone and be like, Hey, I'm really interested in what you're doing and would love to learn more. And to me, like, I love that initiative and, and I always respond and, and offer to talk. Um, I think on the other hand, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's just me or if it happens to you as well. I feel like there are more and more like fake accounts and like bots that are just sending messages and, and these profiles, I don't even know if they're real. And so if I suspect that something's a bot, um, just chatting me up, I, I get a bit. Caged. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh, bots trying to replicate human behavior or humans replicating bot behavior, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Either way, those are annoying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that, that's, I think you're one of the first Erica to ever say I'm open and welcome to those like, like sales development reps and BDR reps, those early on, that's, that's good to hear. I'm sure that's encouraging for people to hear because you're right. It's a tough job for people to kind of just reach out cold and their job is like appointment setting. So that, that is encouraging out there, but you know, not, not everyone feels that way. Uh, I, I of course feel that way when someone reaches out to me, even if it's just a no, I'm not interested. It's, it's better than, uh, ghosting as the kids say aj these days uh, that sort of thing but uh yeah no that's uh, that's awesome so erica let's get to know you personally T tell us a little bit about what you like to do you're, you're here in new york city with me what do you like to do for fun what are some of your hobbies what some new things you've taken up some books you're reading love to yeah, know i feel like there i've had a lot big stack of books that i aspire to read and i haven't read but so, uh in the, in the past two years, I think because with the pandemic and spending so much time at home, I've accumulated a lot of house plants. And I also started trying to grow <laughs> my own vegetables in my little East Williamsburg apartment in Brooklyn. And I feel like for the past year, I've just been like killing and reviving <laughs> and then killing <laughs> the cycle of, uh, yeah, trying to grow vegetables uh, in my own home, which hasn't quite worked out um and then now that now that i feel like it's the summer and it's getting warmer out um it's exciting to be sort of out and about exploring different neighborhoods and streets in the city again yeah i love that i i, I did the same where i try to do like a little garden right if you will and i feel like nothing grows except for mint you get a mint plant you're good you have mint yes you know, for, mint. for for days for months and i'm like how much iced tea can i you know, all right, I'll put in a watermelon and feta salad, 
that's a little tip for those people listening there. But other than that, like, what are you doing with it? Yeah, I, I, I tried the same thing. You can and, try some mint-based skincare routines back to the conversation. Ah, earlier. look at that. That's a callback, AJ. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't have mint. I, I use a walnut paste in my skincare routine, which is, yeah, I have this, I don't know, this is, <laughs> you know. Maybe, this why maybe I, we need a separate podcast oh, for this, Vincent. Oh, come on. I could do 15 episodes of my skincare routine. <laughs> you know, people are always asking me about their uh, my skincare routine. And, and people, I mean, just myself. But... This is, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I love it. They're the books, there's always a stack of books that you have that I try to get get around to, but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, explore the city. I love that. When you look at different neighborhoods and you're like, wait, I never even, it could be a neighborhood because people age, you don't realize this. I don't know if you're like this, Erica, but I feel like I kind of stick to like two neighborhoods and I have to get out more. It's, and then when you see these awesome neighborhoods, you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> but that is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. We appreciate you talking to us here. Ladies and gentlemen, check out Alibaba.com. That's Erica Chan, the head of strategy brand and insights at Alibaba.com. That's AJ Gupta. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. This is another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.